What next? What do you do after that? Auto parts. Okay. How'd that start? I had an idea, but very little money. So, so you were still struggling with money during these years? Well, I made it, and then I spent it. I like to spend. We had a beautiful apartment, had two nice kids, and we did a lot of things. We used to travel a lot, go to Europe and go to Japan. We used to like to travel. So anyway, I went into the auto parts. In between, I did something called Stratodome. This goes back right after the swimming pool business. In between, there was something there. What's Stratodome? Stratodome was a knockoff of Buckminster Fuller's Dome. Oh, yeah. I've got his videos right here. Was that guy brilliant or what? Yeah, but wait a minute. This was a knockoff of Buckminster Fuller's Dome that was a swimming pool enclosure. Anyway, it was a long story. I've heard of this thing. What, the Stratodome? Yeah. Where were you from? I'm in San Diego, but I've talked to someone about this over the years. Well, Stratodome, I made them successful. There were two guys that had three domes, one on each one on their home and one on a swimming pool in Pendel, Pennsylvania. They used to be one of my swimming pool dealers. So they asked me to help them promote this Stratodome. They originally told me they had 18. I kept asking, where are the 18? Give me the names, give me this, give me that, and they couldn't do it. Finally, I said to them one day, if you'll stop the horseshit, maybe I can help. So they flew up in a little plane, met me at the Ventures in. So these guys, did they already develop a couple of these things? Yeah, they had three of them. And they were pretty good? Good, but they couldn't sell them. They couldn't market them. They were broke. They didn't have money to pay the rent on their houses, and they didn't have money to pay for electricity. So they finally came to me in desperation. So I said, here's what I want. I want 50% of the front money I bring in. I want a 10% residual on anything that I sell, and I want a third of your company. So they gave it to me. Gave me the stock. They said, oh, see how you can help us. So the next day I went out, I sold the deal for $5,000. So I brought him the money, and this German guy kissed my hand and said, God sent you to us and all the other bullshit. Two days later, I sold another deal for $5,000, another 2500 Were they generating leads? Were you going out cold? How were you selling them? Cold calling. Okay. Just let me clarify. Were you selling the dome or an opportunity? An opportunity. Okay. They had to buy one deal and then put up a couple of bucks. And you were going to your old swimming pool dealers? Yeah. I had a cadre of people. So now, within less than six months, I had them on the front page, on the cover, and a four-page article inside on Outdoor Living and Popular Gardening magazine. And what happened to the business? Wait a minute. I got more inquiries than you could shake a stick at. Now, they built a factory, many, many thousand square feet. They bought new cars. They paid their rent. They paid the electric bills, and they were flying high. They flew so high that they wanted to fuck me. So I got mad because I have a short fuse. Sorry, when did you first learn about this? Well, when they tried to cut my commission, when I told them how to change the design for a show in Las Vegas. Instead of using plain galvanized pipe, I said, let's anodize the pipes gold. Instead of using the green vinyl, we use blue vinyl. We give it some class, and we put some colored lights inside. So they said, well, listen, we're going to be paying for the show. You shouldn't get 50% commission. I said, okay, what do you want to give me? 25%. I said, I'll take 25%. So at the show, I didn't sell anything because I'm not stupid. You on purpose didn't sell anything? Of course. You want them to know that you don't work for 25%. No, so I just waited, and I took all the leads, and I could have sold a lot. Then I realized that these guys were having a fight because now they were looking for control altogether, the two Germans. Between each of them? Yeah, between each of them. So I finally said, listen, I don't want to be in the middle of what the fuck you guys are doing. I said, I built you up, but you're breaking my balls. So I said, just buy me out, give me what my money is worth on the stock, and just leave me alone, do whatever you want to do. And what happened? What happened? They did. And I met them at Pennsylvania Station with my wife, and I gave them the stock. He wanted me to give him a special letter. I said, fuck you and your letter. A special letter for what? 
I don't know, resolving any dispute we might have. I said, listen, you want the stock? Give me the money and leave me alone. How much did you get for the stock? I don't remember. 20000 whatever it was. That's it? I didn't care. Whatever oh. I put in, I wanted out. You're an easygoing guy. I'm huh? very ethical, and I don't care. So I took the money and I left. Another story. How many months before they went out of business? How many? Six? Six. <laughs> And that was it for that? Yeah, they went out of business. They went bankrupt. Tell me about how you got them all to media. I called up and I said, I got something very interesting for you. And I went to the lady and I showed it to her and she said, wow, this is fantastic. So I did the photography. I took the picture of the Saturdome over a pool with snow on the outside and flowers on the inside. I did the setup for inside and I wrote most of the article. All right, that's great. The lesson is you got to create and make it easy for the publication to run it. Yeah, you got to get it almost ready for setting the type for them. What happened with these guys? Bill finally died. I told her, listen, when you got shot down from the Luftwaffe, I'm sorry you were alive. Did they make millions from it? No, they made a lot of money, but they didn't wind up with anything because they were fighting all of it. And these things are still around today. I know that. How popular are they today, you know? Oh, I have no idea. That's and interesting. After that, then the other thing with the other stuff came. All right, so the Stratodome was before the pet thing. That was when you were doing the swimming pool stuff. Yeah, right after the swimming pool. Okay. The Stratodome. How long were you involved in that thing? Less what? than a year? The Stratodome? Yeah. About a year. All right. So you like to do things, build them up, and then usually something happens. I have never been in the business longer than seven years. Really? You get bored? Yeah. Or something I happens? I lose interest. Attention span is seven years. So when we were talking the other day, you mentioned that you don't like to sell franchises. You like to sell business opportunities, and once it's successful, then you take it to a franchise level. Right. There's a reason for it. Tell me. Number one, in order to sell a franchise, it costs you about between $100,000 and $150,000 to do it right. To get it all set up? Right. With the SEC and all that? All the other rigmarole. One hundred and fifty grand. that's it? That's it. Sometimes it's more. I have a guy that I wanted to do it my way that they gave me 400,000 shares of stock, and then they changed it, and it's been a year and a half they haven't gotten their UFOC yet. That's the scooter business. All right, so tell me the reason why you want to do biz up first. First of all, I have a guy that I'm meeting next Thursday, so you get the understanding. They wanted to send one guy to meet me, and then I should meet the other guy later. I said, listen, I don't have time for that. You know my conditions. You know what I want. You know how I work. You guys need me more than I need you. Your volume is less than $2 million a year. When I did the auto parts business, when I did the brakes, the guy I bought the brakes from. And we didn't even talk about the brakes yet. So I'm going to go back to that. All right, how did you get into this brake business? Just an idea. What was the idea? The idea was I needed a business to go into, so I realized I had a guy that was making rebuilt brakes in Long Island. The pads and the... The drums. So I made a deal with him to buy some rebuilt brakes. And it was okay, but the problem with rebuild brakes, you've got to take the cores back, you've got to return them to the rebuilder, it's a pain in the ass. So I said, I want to get new brakes, and then I don't give a shit what they do, but I need the right price. And they hemmed and hawed and hemmed and hawed, so I got in touch with a guy called C.B. something in Cleveland, Ohio, and he was in Florida, so I flew down Florida to meet him from New York, and I met him at the Fontainebleau Hotel, and he says, well, how much volume are you going to give me? I said, I haven't got the faintest fucking idea. He said, well, i got to charge you seven and a half. I said, that's too much. He said, well, how much volume? I said, I have no idea. So he kept hocking me, and I said, tell you what, you give me the right price, which is five and a half. Try me for three months. If you don't like me, throw me out. He was going to manufacture his supplies. He's manufacturing them now. I said, what's your volume? He said, two million a year. Now, this is with a giant factory. Two million dollars a year. Yeah, with hundreds of employees. So he tried me. I gave him two million dollars worth of volume in four months. 
All right, how did you do it? My way, my formula. I started my business with $500. I did $15 million the first year. Selling brakes. Yep. You were selling a bizop. That's right. You were going to repair shops. I was going to repair shops. I was going to gas stations. I was going to anybody that did anything with cars. I had more dealers for Bendix brakes because that's the product that I used. Was that your private label? No, it's just Bendix, which is more important than my private label. In fact, one day I called up Bendix. I said I needed some signs. They sent me a trailer full of signs. I said, what are you guys, crazy? What am I going to do with a trailer full of signs? Just give me two skids. I'm talking about the big metal signs that are three feet by six feet. <laughs> Serious. What was in it for a dealer to be a distributor of these brakes? They made a lot of money because at 550 they could wholesale them at 750 and they didn't have to return anything to me, so if they got the old cars, they could sell them locally. And what were they doing for brakes at the time? They weren't in the brake business. There was nobody doing this. Back at that time, no one was putting brakes on cars? No, nobody was selling it the way I was doing it. There were plenty of people selling brakes. You could beat them on price? No, I just had a better marketing idea. If you came to me with this opportunity, and I'm repairing cars, what was in it for I me? Yeah, My dealer put him in on consignment. He came in once a week and replaced anything that was sold and you just paid them for what you used. So did you have to finance that or did the Bendix? No, they just paid me for it. They paid me for my inventory and everything else and for getting them the location and everything else. I got paid for that. I had 5,600 dealers. That's a lot of dealers. Did you do this all yourself? No, I had a lot of people working for me. So you had employees doing this too? Sure. I was just running the company. The whole formula is putting them in on consignment. So the dealer had nothing to lose. He didn't have to put any upfront money. No, my dealer had to pay up a lot of money. In the beginning, it was $2,995. At the end, it was 75000 because by then I was in everything. I was in electric parts. I was in alternators. I was in generators. I was in starters. I was in everything. I just started out with brakes, but then I was in everything. I had giant warehouses. I was the biggest Bendix brake dealer in the world. When you called up Bendix and said, what about Big Three Auto? Oh, they're our biggest dealer. When you called the Better Business Bureau in New York, that was the only company that they ever gave a recommendation to. Hear what I said? Yeah. Okay, because I had a big fight with them. They said I couldn't prove that people made this kind of money. I said, well, you take all my records and call anybody you want. Wait, but you had a big fight with them because they said what? That you can't tell me that all these people make this kind of money. Like you say, I said, well, call everybody. Ask them. All your dealers. Yep, they made all kinds of money. I was so big that the FBI started to check on me. All right, Listen, Bendix got scared because you were making claims. Yeah, but they proved that my claims were legitimate. So they had to back up and then they recommended me. Uh -huh. So if you called the Better Business Bureau and you called Bendix, Bendix said I'm their biggest dealer. And if you called the Better Business Bureau, the Better Business Bureau said, oh, my God, yes, these are great people. And if you called my bank to check on my money, they said, oh, yeah, they have a couple of million dollars in the bank. How hard was it to sell? So I sold 5,600 deals in five years. That's 20 a week. Anywhere from 2,900 all the way to 75 no, grand. No, it started out at 2,995. Then it went to 4,995. Then it went to 6,995. Is this 69,000? No, 6,995. Oh, 6,900, okay. But at the end, it was 75,000. Because the demand was so high. No, because I gave so much, and I had such a great background, and I had so much credibility. I got you. You had more than just breaks at that time. The guy got $30,000, $40,000 worth of inventory. So your suppliers were financing? all the upfront inventory, everything was on consignment, or did these dealers yeah, have they, to... Everything they put in was on consignment. All right, how'd you swing that? Did they do consignment deals like that before? Yeah, what supermarket do you buy from? Right, Vons. 
It's all on consignment. All the bread is on consignment. They just gave you terms, basically. Well, it's consignment terms, though. They don't give you terms. It's consignment. When the bread guy comes in, whatever he replaces, that's what they get paid for. Yeah, that's true. So that's consignment. So the same with the drug supply, the same with the cosmetics. There's very little that they put in that they pay for. So that biz op fee, that upfront fee that the dealer pays, you keep all that, right? Yeah. Pay commission. I got to pay advertising. I got to pay my overhead. I don't get to keep it all. All right. So was the FBI investigating? I was too big. I didn't have heat. Well, what's your definition of heat? If you do something bad, then it's heat. I never did anything bad. Okay. That's a big difference. I knew guys that went to jail because they did heat. Heat is this. If you make a promise and you don't keep it, you got heat. If you say something and it's untrue, you got heat. If you take money and you don't deliver, you got heat. If you use phony singers, you got heat. You know what a singer is? Yeah. If you use a phony singer, you go to jail. In other words, there's two things you can't do, and I don't do those two things. There's a couple others that I don't do. You don't need to. Let me tell you something. If you tell somebody the truth, you'll never have a problem. Index breaks. So how did it end? I packed it in because it was too big. I was in it for like six years. I said, it's enough. All right, you just closed it down. Yep. So what happened to all the dealers and everything? They stayed in business. I met a guy after I went out of business here in Florida. His truck was driving by me. Brakes are us, he called him. And he had two trucks. And he was in the next car to me. So I honked the horn. He looked over. He pulled me over on the side. And we chatted for about a half an hour. Here's a nice Jewish guy from the Bronx who moved to Florida, and he had a little bit of money. Did you know this guy? No. You just saw him, and you honked, and you said, let me talk to you. He saw my office, and he wanted to buy something. Look, if you do exactly as I tell you, you'll make it successful. What do I have to do? You have to buy a truck. You have to buy a cutting machine for the drums and back. You have to do this. You have to do that. And if you do what I tell you exactly, you'll make money. A couple of years after, he's still in business. What did you teach him to do? A mobile brake business? Yeah. Mobile. Mobile brake business. Besides just delivering brakes, I said, have a truck and put this in it and that in it and everything else. And he did it. And he did it. No one was doing this. No, a couple guys were doing it, ones who listened to me. So anyway, he said, this is my result. He said, every year for a month, I go to Europe. I have a guy who works for me. I have two trucks. I make money from the second truck. I make money from my truck. You've made me a mensch. I did everything you said, and it worked out exactly the way you said it would work out. He says, I make about seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year, which is enough for me, and I'm very, very happy. And it's all cash, and I declare what I want to declare. And I've been a very happy guy, and I said, thank you very much. And I said goodbye to him. Sorry, right, that's great. But the ones who listened made the most money. When the FBI started to bother me a little bit, they went to two places. They went to two of my references, because, you know, you can't use phony references. So they went to the guy in Lincoln, Nebraska, and they went to the guy outside of Boulder, Colorado. The guy from Boulder, Colorado threw the guy out of his house and said, I don't dare you come to me and impugn Mr. Cooley's reputation. Look at the inventory I have. Look at all the money I've made with this guy. You've got to be nuts. The other guy from Lincoln, Nebraska said, are you crazy? I just bought a golf course with the money I made from this business. I just bought a theater. I just did this and I just did that, all from the business he started me on. Are you crazy? Then they left me alone. That's what happened. There was nothing they could beg me on. But the reason that they went after me was because it was high profile. Nobody ever had that many distributors. 5,600. I had more distributors than Bendix had. I know how to make a business successful.
But now, like these people that I have to meet next Thursday, it's a different business. All right, well, tell me about this. How did this start? It's a business they do about $2 million a year. What do they do? They have a business where they sell to dollar stores. They have stuff made in Japan. So they're making me a special line, they said. I said, but listen, I know you guys don't have a lot of money, but they wanted me to meet one guy one day and another guy another day. I said, forget about it. That's not my modus operandi. If I'm not important enough for the two-e to take off, you're coming down here from New York. You're going to be here in Florida, but I'm not driving 60 miles to meet you. You're going to meet me where I am. I'll meet you at the Rascal House. We'll have some deli and we'll spend as many hours as you want. You can pick my brain all you want, but that's it. But you got to do it the way I want to do it. Otherwise, it's not going to work. I said, I'm tired of the father syndrome. The father syndrome is the guy who creates the business, thinks he knows everything about it, and he doesn't. That's why this guy's doing $2 million a year. I can do $2 million in three, four months, which is what I did with the brake business. When I bought brakes from the guy in Cleveland, volume was $2 million. I gave him $2 million, bought the business in four months. I became his biggest customer. He didn't have enough money to keep up with my demand. So I had to buy from his brother in California. I had to wind up with my own factory with the brake business. I had my own factory besides that. I was buying from three other guys. Right, so your ability to grow it that fast is your secret formula. Yeah. It's also my marketing techniques and everything else. Okay. But I mean, you don't want to talk about any of that. How come? Well, because there's no point to it. When somebody hires me, that's what they pay me for. I get $50,000 to put a package together. All right, well, let's use this example. What happened? Are those guys going to meet with you? Yep, absolutely. What's their product? didn't tell me yet. It's a new product that they got in China. Oh, they want to grow it through distributors. No, they've been struggling to get to $2 million and they're not really making money. If you have a product, if you have an idea, if you have something that makes sense, that is marketable in its form, Many products and ideas are not marketable. So the first thing we have to do is analyze what you have and where it's going. Number one, if it's patentable, it's an advantage. Number two, if it has a trademark. There are many advantages that can come from a lot of this. If it's proprietary, if it's unique, if it has something that other people don't have, we can take advantage of that. However, we can also do it with mundane items. I do deals with mundane items. I do deals with exotic items. It depends on what you have. As far as our fees, the fees are very variable. It depends on whether you're a public company, whether you're a startup company, how much money you have, and what you're willing to invest. If you're strapped for cash, there are many other ways of doing it, via stock participation in the company and future earnings. There's a lot of ways of getting together. That's not the be-all and end-all of getting together. The be-all and end-all is what you have that is marketable, and I have to determine that based on my experience. Can you grow slow? Can you control the growth? I don't want to grow slow. You want someone who's ready to go. I'm not interested in slow growth. Number one, I'm 81 years old. I'm not going to be living that much longer. So I want someone that has a business that is ready to expand, who is not afraid of success, because a lot of people get scared that they're going to make so much money they won't know how to handle it. I'll show you how to handle your money. I'll show you tricks that a lot of people have not even learned yet. When you're growing that fast and you've got all this money coming in, can you give a couple tips and ideas on how you handle it? Oh, of course. That's what I do. Can you share one or two with me? One is I tell them how to deduct everything legally, which most accountants don't know. Most accountants don't know how to take all the deductions? Nope. They don't know how to do it. They take this and they take that. I have a formula for doing it legally from the inception. So the fees are dependable. What are you going to do for me? I'm going to make you rich, but you got to listen. 
It's more than just making you rich. I'm going to give you formulas for that and direction, how you should be headed. If you have a goal, like for instance, one of the companies I have does two million a year that I'm negotiating with. I can do two million in four months for them. I will become their biggest client. That is my formula. That's what I can do for you. If that doesn't intrigue you, then I'm not for you. Then you're not looking for the growth that I'm looking for. And what are you going to get out of it? I'm going to make a lot of money. Do you prefer stock deals or a percentage of company or what? How much of the company are you going to end up with? I can take anything of the company depending on what I think it's worth. The next thing that I'm going to make, if I sell the business opportunity because I have 10 salesmen who work for me. Do you have 10 salesmen right now? Yeah, that worked for me. So these salesmen have to get paid. I get a commission. In other words, if I put a package together for somebody that's a $100,000 package, there has to be a commission in that. Let me ask you, what about the business op laws compared to franchise laws? Can you sell biz ops, not franchises, for hundred grand? And how do you have to worry about the laws, especially if you're selling that? Well, I sell a biz op for a million dollars. All right, are there any laws that you have to watch out for? Yeah, I take care of them. They're no big deal. You just have to be within the law. But isn't each state different? I take care of that. Don't worry about it. It's my expertise. I have lawyers I work with. In other words, I have a deal. New York State is $5 million. I'm selling an art deal for Dolly Sculptures. Okay? Legitimate Dolly Sculptures is not knockoffs. It's the only legitimate one that's around now. Made in Italy. Okay? $5 million for New York. You want Las Vegas? I'll let you have it for 100000 And that gives someone the rights to be exclusive for New York to sell these sculptures? Yeah. And you're working on that right now? Yeah, and I have ads going out in a couple of weeks. I have a deal for $200,000. I have a deal for a million dollars. I have another deal that I'm waiting for them to come up with for probably be 150000 And I have another deal that's low as $5,000, a vending machine deal. What would you say people out there looking at biz ops, looking in the papers, looking at all the classifieds, what biz ops would you say don't touch with a 10-foot pole that just don't work? There's nothing that doesn't work. It depends on the input of the person that gets involved. I'm serious. If a guy is serious about making it work, whatever it is, he'll make it work. The problem with the guys who go into the biz up or franchise business, they want everything done for them. It doesn't work that way. If the person will cooperate and they'll listen and do what they have to do, they'll be successful. Most businesses. There are some vending machine businesses that don't work. Like there was one where they put in Altoids. Oh, they put Altoids in vending machines? There's one guy that bought 35 of them. They never located them. Why not? I don't know. They never located them. What can I tell you? It's hard to locate those crappy machines. All right, so what you're saying, there's a lot of opportunities. Most of them will work, but you've got to get off your ass and do something. Most will work, but you have to really be tuned into that particular business. Are there some ops that are better than others? Naturally, depending on what you're looking for depending on how much money you have also, and depending on what income you're looking for. Where does someone find the real high-ticket business opportunities? Call me. That's what I got. This deal that I got with the boats that I have now is the best deal I've ever had. What? Tell me about the boat thing. I have a deal with boats. It's a little echo to a boat. Go on that website, and that's what I'm selling. Okay, I'm looking at this little boat. All right, tell me about this thing. The tour is sold by the cruise line. What is it, a tour? Yeah. You go on the tour, you look at the bottom of the ocean. Is this a biz op you're selling? Yep. So you sell the boats and you sell the model? I don't sell the boats. I sell a location. So you sell a location? And the location includes eight boats. The tours are sold by the cruise line. We don't sell the tours. Got it. The cruise line takes the money. They take 20 bucks off. We get the rest. Okay. Have you sold any of these? You have to be an accredited investor to buy it. Yeah. How much does this deal go for? 200000 That includes eight boats? 
It includes everything, and you don't do anything. It's a real investment. You put up 200000 and you make 120000 a year. What can you make on a deal like this? What do I make? I don't tell anybody what I make. All right. You're still in the direct marketing business. You find opportunities that are unexploited. You work out deals with the companies who aren't doing shit, who don't know what to do. Well, this company knows what it's doing. Number one, it's a public company. But no one's going to turn down more sales, especially if you got credibility. Yeah, I got credibility, and they got credibility, and it's a public company. And they sold 50 deals without a single advertisement. It's a beautiful boat. In Canada. Wait a minute. They sold 50 deals. Six of them were sold to hockey players. I'm going to repeat it one more time. You invest 200000 and you make between one hundred and one hundred and twenty thousand a year. And you don't do anything? You don't do doodly shit except if you want. Let's say you have a location in the Bahamas, so you go to the Bahamas, and you visit your location, and you take that off your taxes. Who manages and controls all the boats? The guy who's running that location for you. The company pays for it. He gets 40% of the net profit. I was just looking at the website. You keep looking at everything. And I'm going to email you the presentation that I'm going to be emailing to hundreds of people this week. Is it all written? It's a slideshow. Okay, great. Did you put it together? Oh, they put it together in the last two slides of mine. All right, let me ask you this. What other ops do you have available like this? Well, I have the dolly, I have the bending, I have this boat, and I'm waiting to put together this deal with the guys with the rack deal, and I have a scooter deal, 150000 Would you say there's a lot of people out there looking for opportunities? Oh, you have no idea. There's people with money. They're looking for opportunities. What stops most people? Is it that they can't find legitimate ones? or Too much bullshit, too much high pressure. Email me the presentation. I'd love to see Hold it. Hold on, I'll do it now. So how did you get involved with this deal? They contacted me. What did they say? They said we need help selling these? Nope. They heard I was a great marketer from somebody. We made a contract, and I get so much a deal. Okay. They didn't pay you any upfront money. They were supposed to. I'm waiting for stock. They're supposed to give me 30000 upfront. Okay. So you like taking stock, or is it taking stock doesn't mean shit sometimes? doesn't mean shit sometimes, but I want free trading stock. What does free trading stock mean? I can sell it right away. So once you get it, you could sell it if you want? Yeah, I just got two and a half million shares from another company, a sport deal, where they have like a gym for kids, where they teach them sports. Not for the little kids, but for 8 to 15. They teach them baseball and soccer and for other things, and you need a 10,000 square foot area. And they gave me two and a half million shares. And what did you do for them? What I do so far? Nothing. Except tell them what they need to do for me. So you did some consulting. Well, how much is that stock worth if you sell it? Right now, shit. Nothing. Yeah, I about 20000 for part of what I sold. I still got a million and a half, and he's supposed to give me another $5 million. Could you dump it all now if you wanted to? Well, right now, it's not worth anything. you got to wait. Well, if he gives me the stuff, I'll get the stock to a buck a share. I see. So you take stock, you do your marketing, build it up, stock goes up, and you cash out. Oh, how do you like that? Right? Mm-hmm. Is that why you like taking stock before you get involved? Mm-hmm. And it also gives them confidence, too. Right. Besides which, they don't have money usually. All right, so you got a PowerPoint. Yeah, it doesn't need PowerPoint to open, though. Just open it. Yeah, all right, I'm looking at it. Oh, you can look through the thing. I got you. You can see down 100 feet. Okay. So the company who makes these things, do they got patents and all that stuff on it? I don't know what they got, but they're the only ones that have it. All right, no one else has this. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Well, who places the things? They have locations that are available that are in calm areas. So anyone's willing to take the damn things. 
it's not a problem getting them placed. No, getting them placed. We know specifically where they're going. We have a list of where they're going. Right now, there are 80 locations available in the Caribbean. Let me tell you something. I have 80 locations to sell in the Caribbean. If they sold 50 or 55 without a dad, and I'm soliciting to accredited investors, and you can do the same thing. you got an accredited investor. You can send them this email. You're just doing it by email? Yeah, I'm not calling anybody. You're just doing an email blast? No, I'm selling each one an individual letter and then an attachment with this email. And if you want to buy it, at the end of the last two screens, what does it say? Accredited investor information. For application accredited investor, contact you. Is that you, LMM? That's me. That's one of my corporations. I have five corporations. Keep going. All right. Special review presentation. This program is unusual, as are the rewards. Therefore, it is imperative that the appointment be secured before visiting us at the marina in Florida for the visual preview. This is set for November 15th through... Okay, so you're setting it up for them to come down. Setting it up right now. Okay, only 80 locations are available in the Caribbean. This is not to imply high pressure of any sort. There have been over 50 locations sold worldwide since May without a single announcement of any kind. Okay, very good. Where is the company? Are they right where you are? The no, the company's in Canada, but it's a U.S. corporation. Do you have boats down there where you are? I have a boat here in Fort Lauderdale. All right, so you're going to demonstrate it down there yeah. and make a presentation. Let me explain it to you so you understand. All right. There are 90 locations in the Mediterranean and 80 in the Caribbean. Available. There are 1,600 worldwide. 55 locations have been sold worldwide already without an advertisement. Now, if somebody is that cautious, tell them to go buy something else. This is for entrepreneurs of 80 locations I expect to sell in the next two months. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. If they can sell 55 without a single ad and I send out spears all over the country, what is 80? 80 is nothing. That's less than two per state. If I send 50 to Illinois, I'm going to get two guys out of Illinois. What do I have to worry if somebody is that cautious? Listen, this might not be for you. I have something more stable for you. Let me tell you something. The Echo Tour is sold by the cruise line. The guy who buys this deal has nothing to do. The cruise line sells the cruise. If you take a typical day, there are 50,000 people go to the Bahamas on a typical day. There's not going to be enough locations to handle all the people that the cruise lines will sell the cruise to because the cruise line has an activity schedule where they book all this on the boat. Now, the locations that they're setting up right now are the sold locations. They're not setting up locations to test. The people that have given them money, they're shipping boats to Mexico, they're shipping boats to Australia, they're shipping boats to Hawaii. So where's the parent company? Canada, they're in Toronto. And how long have they been in business? In this company? Yeah. Since March. What were they doing before that? Nothing. They were doing something with tour boats, but had nothing to do with this. This is a new company. Right now, their assets are about $6 million in cash. And that's only in the last four months. Four months ago, they had about $800. And what kind of competition is there? Any boats like this? Do me a favor. What? Don't, don't be negative on that. I'm not. I'm just... I hate negative talk. I'm not being negative. When I went into the brake business, I was told not to go into it because I didn't know anything about it. That's a true story about my son's uncle-in-law. He told me to get a job. I'm not being negative. I'm asking questions that any investor who's skeptical is going to ask. Yeah, but that's the way I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to tell him point blank, I have 80 locations to sell. If this is an adventure you don't want to get into, if 120000 a year on a $200,000 long-term investment is not for you, then this is not the deal for you. If you don't understand it, please ask me the questions that I can answer. All right, so if I said, okay, I want in, what do I do? 
you have to fill out an accredited investor form so that before I can let you buy anything, you have to be approved by the company. All right, so you send me that form? Oh, yeah, I have the forms. I have everything. All right, and I send that back to you, and I wait to see if I'm approved. Yeah, and then I send it to the company. They say, okay, talk to this guy. He invites you down to see the boat. All right, what if I don't want to see the boat? Well, if you don't want to see the boat, send me the check. Send you the check for two hundred grand, and then what? Then we put you in the system. Then maybe four to six or eight weeks later, when we get the boats that come in, they can assign you a location, and you can pick an idea where you want to be. I send you a list of available locations, and you pick one. So I choose where I want my boats? Yeah, don't make any difference. All right, so I choose a location. Am I waiting for the boats to come from China or Canada? They come from Canada because they go to Canada, they get inspected and everything else, and then they send them to you. I send my two hundred grand. I pick my location, and then the boats. So they sent directly to the, does the company set all that up? The company sets everything up. So I don't have to do shit. If you read the stuff I sent you, if you read the yellow dots, it tells you exactly how it works. They said they have a person who directs the area. The person who directs the area has somebody who will run your location. That location takes care of the boats. They take care of the maintenance. They take care of everything. From what's left of everything, all the income, all the expenses, you get 40% of the net income. They calculate the net income on a low basis and on a basis taking into account weather factors and other stuff. They figure about 300000 or more conservatively. So now they're saying 40% of that is 120000 So when I pitch, I say, listen, it could be as low as 80000 but 80000 on a $200,000 investment every year is a lot of money. But if they're right and you get 120000 that's a lot more. What if they're wrong and it's 130000 Well, what about someone gets killed on one There's of these? There's no liability. Everything is taken care of. Insurance and everything. Everything's taken care of. So before I invest, and once my thing's approved, am I going to be able to talk to the company in Canada and check them out? You're supposed to check the company out. That's you're supposed to do anyway. Do you think they're going to be easy to work with? They're so easy to work with that it's ridiculous. Check them out good? I have a boat. They sent me a boat already. Oh, they sent you a boat already. I have one, and they're sending me another one. In 10 days, I'll have the twin. Did you look on the site? Yeah. On the site, you see the single and the twin. Where are you going to put it? Are you going to put it in the water? It is in the water. It's at a marina in Fort Lauderdale. That preview that you're talking about is right near the Fort Lauderdale airport. It's at a marina. I'm going to have both of them there. But right now, I'm just working with the one till I get the other one. I'm not waiting anymore. There's publicity all over the place about this deal. This company in Canada, they're manufacturing them? They're not bringing them in from China? No, I think they're making them in Vancouver. They are, okay, because you said they were bringing them in from no, China. No, because I remember they were talking about making some changes in the design. All right, very good. All right, more. It's been a great, great couple hours. Very. Well, we could spend another day because there's a lot more I left out. The only thing you left out is your formula. Never give that. That's what I wanted. I mean, okay. that, that's just... gets that. No more. Do Why? Did you used to give it out? A little bit, but now I learned not to. I told one guy what to do. I didn't give him the formula, but I told him what to do to help his business for a year and a half. He doesn't return my fucking phone calls now, so I'm sending him a bill for $180,000. Because of the money you make from your formula? No, from my idea. But what are you worried about someone stealing your idea? I mean, isn't it a big country? Even if you gave the formula. No, listen to me. I just don't like doing it that way, okay? I'm 81 years old. I've had my ass ring more than once. I used to have $3 million. My fucking partner stole it from me. It seems like over the years you had some bad luck with picking people working. That's right. I had 14 antique cars worth over a million dollars, and the fuck stole them from me. Even changed the VIN number on one I found out later. And you couldn't do anything? Nah, it wasn't worth it.
I could kill him, but what's the point? So what do you, I mean, how would you pick your partners now? I mean, if you had... I don't want any partners. You're done with partners. No more partners. All I want is to do my thing. No partners. Why did you need partners all these years? Eh, I'm a nice guy. I like company. Schmuck that I want. Yeah, it's funner to do it with somebody. It's fun, but not if it's the wrong person. And everyone was the wrong person. So you picked bad people. Yeah, I give them too much respect. Actually, I knew more than they did. Gave them too much credit. So it's a good lesson. Be careful who you work with, because they could also take you down. That's right. That's the most important lesson I could impart to any of these people that you want me to give a lecture to. Is what? Be careful who you associate with. Birds of a feather flock together. Well, you got to be careful. Man. That's why I'm saying you check these guys upside down, these Canadian guys. I mean, oh, you know, you're out. What happens? You're out there promoting. You sell 50 of these things, and these guys disappear. All I got to do is sell one and not get paid. I'm finished. I know, but what if you sell 30 of them and then they're gone? Uh, no, no. If I sell 30, I already got paid. I don't stick around after the first one. So your deal is you sell one, you get paid, or you're done. Oh, I'm finished. Forget about it. I want my stock that I was promised to. Now, who are these guys you keep calling back who haven't called you back? That's a different deal. What's that, the scooter? No, not the scooter. Something else. Did they promise you something that they haven't delivered? Yeah, they promised me a lot. Have you sold stuff they haven't paid you on? I haven't sold anything. I stopped. I said, I'm not doing anything until we make a deal and put it in writing. All right. But you could go search opportunities and companies and work a deal out with any of these guys in a week or so if you liked it. You could work out a deal in one day. The product is irrelevant. It's just something if you want to get involved with and the situation's right, you can do it. Yep. Anybody could, if they knew what they were doing. Anybody could. No no one selling something is going to turn down an offer, would you like to sell more? I can do it, right? You'd be surprised. The father syndrome, I told you. I know, I know. So how do you look for someone who doesn't have that father syndrome? Is there a way you can detect it? Yeah, I tell them. If you don't do it my way, I'm not interested. And then you got to make sure they say, I'll do it your way. No, they got to make my deal. they got to put it in writing. Typically now, what do you ask for in a deal? If I had a widget and I'm doing just okay, but I want help, what are you going to ask for from me? Depends on what the value of the widget is and what the value of your company is and what money you have or you don't have money. I'm going to ask for more if you have no money. Everything is relative. Yeah. I'm a very good negotiator, okay? The negotiation has to do with the value that we're negotiating for as opposed to the value I'm going to give. And that's why I had to fight with this other company where they don't want to call me back. I wanted value, and they didn't want to give me value. So I said, listen, forget about it. All these deals that I'm in right now came to me. How are they finding you? People talk about me. We'll talk to you again. Bye. Thanks, Mark. Bye. That's the end of part two with this recording and interview with Uncle Mort. If you have any questions or would like to contact Mort, please email me at michael at hardtofindseminars.com or call direct 858-274-7851.